It's been, it's been, it, it, it's been, 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 it's been, been, been. Welcome to Childhood's End, because Nostalgia Unexamined is not nostalgia at all. I am Evan, and I'll be your host tonight, and my co-host, my beautiful co-host, Saker. Mm. All right, hi, I'm Saker. Apparently this is Childhood's Childhood's End. End. And we will be reviewing tonight, for your pleasure, the 1983 Jim Henson International Vehicle, Fraggle Rock. Wait, so Ev, real quick. Do we want to explain why we're doing an episode of Childhood's End this week instead of an episode of It's All Been Done, uh, the Bare yeah. Naked Ladies podcast, this backdoor pilot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're doing this backdoor pilot because it is, dear listeners, our one anniversary. Our one! <laughs> is, that, is that paper? Is that a traditional paper? rock. Fraggle rock. The anniversary. rock rock anniversary, That's as correct. we know. So we have decided to play for you this beautiful backdoor pilot to Childhood's End, which we're, we're talking about. Fraggle Rock with our delightful and dear friend... Jared Anderson. You may know him from the Crypto Naturalist, but did you also know that he is a published author with with uh, stories in Daily Science Fiction, Apex, and Asimov's Magazine? Hello, Jared, and welcome to the pod. Hello. Thank you for having me to this confusing pilot episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I like it. It's so when good. we asked you to be on the pod, we asked that you recommend a show from your childhood, and yes. you picked... Fraggle Rock. So I'd like to just to talk a little bit about why you chose that yeah. out of all the... So when you talk to me a little bit about the premise of the show, um, the idea being revisiting things that you um, enjoyed in your childhood to see, you know, see how they held up, see how they, they match up against uh, your, your current sensibilities. So Fraggle Rock was huge, huge for me. Um, and I haven't seen any Fraggle Rock episodes for 20 years, probably. But it, it looms large in my mind as sort of um, just a rich world um, full of... I, I picture this giant, sprawling underground network of caves and, you know, thousands of different species. And obviously that's had a huge influence on what I like still. Um, so... I don't know. I, I was a little terrified to go back and visit Fraggle Rock because I love it so much in in my memory, in my mind's eye. It's the best show ever, but, but I hadn't seen it in a very long time. So. And that's why we did this show, dear listener, to ruin ruin our childhoods so you don't have to. <laughs> Is that our tagline? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing. Why would you want here. that? I hate I hate the phrase ruined your childhood. Yeah. I truly Well we should is... rate them on a scale from one to five ruined childhoods. Okay. No. <laughs> Wait, so the the more points you get, the worse <laughs> it is. This is golf. Well, I don't want to step on a future episode, but I'll just say like for example, um, I rewatched a He Man episode oh, a while yeah. ago and I was like, Oh my what is this madness? Like this is insane. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um, so so I was a little terrified going into Fraggle Rock that I would have a similar kind of experience. Well, you guys are, are both slightly older than I am by just a few years, I think. Um, and it's it's funny because I, He-Man, Fraggle Rock is a blind spot for me mm. 100%. I never watched any of it. I never experienced it, even secondhand. So I, this was, this was, this was new to me. I'm, I'm, I was very interested in it. So Fraggle Rock is, a, it's a very interesting sort of thing for me myself because HBO has sort of like a death grip on Fraggle Rock. They will never let it go. And it was only on HBO. And I don't know how I saw Fraggle Rock because my parents didn't have HBO. Me either. I don't think it was. I remember it being on PBS or something. It must have been. Right? Perhaps. And then HBO I, bought the rights well, to it here's, or something? Here's what I know. Part, part of the research I did was how it was paid for. And, and the U.S. and Canadian governments both sort of joint did some of the funding. So that wouldn't have been for HBO. It must have been yeah. a, a PBS Perhaps because it was a joint American Canadian British show because there's a British version of it where the actor who plays Doc yeah. is different and he's the captain. Yeah, I'm just saying the government wouldn't have pitched in and le- if it was going to be on premium cable, right? Wikipedia says original network HBO. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. So, so I, I remember it being on HBO because the only time I remember watching it was off of VHS tapes. I taped when we got you know HBO would sometimes do that free like. Yeah. weekend or something like that but my house never had hbo how <laughs> well, do i see it you might have still had that weekend this is like a candle cove situation wow <laughs> yeah but, it, but it's weird because that's a, a very premium network and then in other uh countries uh, it was on the cbc in canada mm-hmm. it was in uh on, on public uh networks in the uk so very interesting i think, All that, right. I think that it was pretty it was pretty prevalent in vhs tapes maybe too. i had the tape because there was a yeah. there was sort of a black black market in my elementary school for trading vhs tapes of things p- kids had taped off of stuff so 
Wow. What did you guys trade for cigarettes or drugs or mm. mostly drugs? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> so it's like a dime bag of speed for. <laughs> Dark Quick Duck for six turtles. for six episodes of Ninja Turtles, but like the commercials are all like cut out. Yes, because you have to like press pause, but then you miss like a minute or two of the actual show. Yeah, <laughs> I I used to. Did you did you have your like record button? I would know it's like three to four commercials in between like Adult Swim segments, so I would know like at the end of that third commercial, I got to be on it. And I was like, I had it down to a science after a while. I was terrible at it. Were you? Okay. Yeah, I would. Like I would routinely cut out probably five minutes out of a twenty-minute show. <laughs> it's garbage. What's the point? <laughs> would you ever revisit them anyway? Oh yeah, yeah. We I would I would watch those tapes over over and over and over again. Really, over yeah. over and over over, over again. Over Whoa. and over over again. <laughs> I was uh, sorry. You said air of civility on this no, podcast. No, 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 I just okay. can't get into no, 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 looking can... at you and treating you like a human being. I'm no, sorry. That's, that's <laughs> understandable. I, I am a, get used to it. I am a ghost still. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I because I, I would I would tape stuff, but I would I would weirdly like never rewatch it. But then like I would I came home for college and my mom was like, you need to clean out your 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 room, your closet. And it, there was just stacks and stacks uh-huh. of tapes that I had never <laughs> Mystery Science Theater, Adult Swim, um, just everything. I would never watch them. I would tape them and then just have them, oh. which is weirdly hoardery like behavior. We had like a VH a VHS tape player that would tape a different channel than you were actually watching on the oh, TV. Fancy. Like fancy. so, you could watch all your Saturday morning cartoons on one channel, right? Tape them on another channel, and then rewatch that channel later on. Damn. Okay. I, I was also a big library kid, and I remember I vividly going and, and getting the big puffy cased yeah. VHSs oh, that yeah. were always stickier than you wanted them to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that might have been where I where I got Fraggle yeah, Rock like- too. The Rock had a big VHS presence. I mean, I was also obsessed with The Hobbit when I was a kid, So and The Muppets. So yeah. then if Jim Henson did a show about furry creatures that lived in a, in a fantastical hole in the ground, I'm sure that I <laughs> sought that out from my other other interests, yeah, like too. Jim, Jim Henson loomed like a fucking colossus over my yeah. childhood. Like, everything he did, I watched. Yes. I mean, I grew up on Sesame Street, yeah. and then at some point trans- transferred over to The Fraggles and The Muppet Show. So. Right. Wow, were you also into like Dark Crystal and that sort of the, the movie end of it? Yeah, yeah. Labyrinth. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Wow, yeah, I remember uh, watching this and because I was, uh, I think Jared and I are about the same age. We were too old to see them all come out because like this show came out in '83, so we would have been what two, three years right, old. Right, so it must have been tape. So yeah. yeah, so we were watching them sort of syndicated, mm-hmm. right? And I think it went from '83 to '87. Okay, so, all right. And I don't remember anything before like '85 anyway. So yeah. I think that we wouldn't even seen it on HBO except in reruns. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Same with the Muppet Show, but that's you know, mm-hmm. I remember that, well, that was well on enough. To, yeah, yeah. So, and we're done. <laughs> Good show, everyone. <laughs> so, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the show itself, okay. uh, Fraggle Rock, a little bit. Um, it's basically for listeners who haven't ever watched Fraggle Rock or who need a refresher on Fraggle Rock. It follows the uh, exploits of five Fraggles, eponymous Fraggles, being a very strange species of animal that. This was like a trend in the 80s to not you have this the snorks the smurfs the fraggles well the, the snorks and just, smurfs were sort of direct like, this is a very different show than the smurfs but at the very least there's no episode where the smurfs get trapped in a like a rock slide and spend the whole episode <laughs> talking about the ephemerality ephemerality of life at like, the very least the, the, the they were people were obsessed with making up new species of creatures and giving them a gross ish name <laughs> that's i think what it comes down to do you guys know the monchichis no but yes, that also sounds like trees. a dick disease way up <laughs> in the trees live the monchichis monchichis those Two or three years between us guys <laughs> is a huge gulf. It's a gulf. Yeah. yeah. What well, were the Monchichis? They lived way up in the trees. Yeah, they were like they were basically they were basically cute little monkeys. Okay. Arboreal Smurfs. We can talk about them later. Okay, please. I can't so, wait. So you follow you follow so the exploits of five Fraggles. You've got Gobo Fraggle, who's sort of the leader, right? Mm-hmm. He's the boss boss Fraggle. Although there's no hierarchy among Fraggles. Can I can I tell you what the five Fraggles were to me? I yeah. did not catch their names. Yeah. Clutch so there me. was main character Fraggle. Gobo. Okay. Red, I did catch. Red, red, red. has a very, she's, because she has red hair. She's anti-establishment Fraggle. Is that her? Yeah, that's her, here's her, her MO. Crunchy Granola Fraggle, a.k.a. Mo- my favorite Fraggle. Oh, Moki. Moki. Yeah. Okay, yeah. the best Fraggle. She was the one I ident- identified most with as a kid. Uh, she had human hands, unlike the others. Oh, I did not notice that. Maybe yeah. that's why I liked her so much. <laughs> well, I mean, she went from human hands to non-human hands, depending oh, okay. on the scene. But yeah, yeah, she definitely had human <laughs> really? hands. Yeah. She was most touchy-feely Fraggle. Uh, sad Sack Fraggle. 
The guy Boo- who says, down Boo- to Fraggle Rock. Boober. Boober. Okay. Yeah. And he's also the smartest Fraggle and the best cook. Down Fraggle uh, He's Rock. the smartest Fraggle? He's the smartest one of the bunch. Yeah. Many times. And then uh, Spastic Fraggle? Wembley. Wembley. That yeah. would be Wembley, yes. Pathologically unable to make a decision. <laughs> really? That's his thing. Is he, cannot, he cannot decide on things. He's, he's very indecisive. Place. Okay, yeah. got it. He's sort of like the, the, as a kid, he's sort of like the self-insert Fraggle because he's always sort of the, his inability to make a decision or like do anything is like often the, the fulcrum of the episode. There's a lot of good place parallels. Cause, oh, is there? Because by season like five, I think you find out they're in hell. <laughs> see. that's not true <laughs> but yeah he I, he I could definitely see him as a self-insert because he was at least in the second episode we watched very hyper like manic sort of like if i were a six-year-old i could see myself identifying yeah. with yeah. wembley yeah uh yeah okay all well, right i also kind of treat him like a kid everyone's giving him sort of advice or trying to take care of him yes mm-hmm. they really patronize wembley yeah <laughs> i'm surprised he wasn't the main character well, now that i'm thinking because what was gobo gobo's just like Vanilla Fraggle, right? He's the he's the uh, like adult self insert Fraggle, like the, okay. he's the white guy, right? In every in every like fucking CW show, sure, sure, sure. Like, so that's why he's why always wearing a polo shirt. <laughs> Got it. But so the Fraggles, the Fraggles live in the fra- the eponymous Fraggle Rock, which is a, a series of limestone ca- caverns underneath a workshop run by an old man and a dog. Okay, this is also something I don't understand. You're gonna need to walk me through every step of. Fraggle I am, Rock. I am literally doing that right now. <laughs> I want to stop you every step of the way. I, I noticed that. <laughs> Are these caverns just under the workshop, or do they extend far beyond? Because the Fraggle in the first episode talked about volcanoes. Right. So there's no volcanoes in in well, New York or wherever the, the hell they are. The underneath the they're just limestone caverns, right? Okay. But they're magical limestone caverns, right? They go all over the fucking place. Not not that they they can travel everywhere. I mean, in the final episode. They find a, a passage to Doc's new house because Doc moves away, and they're like, oh, no, Doc's moving away because they finally reveal themselves to him in the final oh, episode. I see. And, and they, then they he just leaves make out like, of fear. Well, it's like the second to last episode. No, okay. and then his, his friend, Ned Chimmelfinny, and his cat, <laughs> Fluffinella, move away. Fuck this. Okay, go It's ahead. a children's show. What the fuck do you want, <laughs> dipshit? Dr. Pupilpopper. So, speaking of Doc, he, the actor who played him, um, Jerome Christian, just died last year. Oh, no. Yeah. Very sad. He was cool. I liked I mean, his he was character. In, he was in, the only yeah. thing I remember him from the, other than this is Boondock Saints. He was the swearing bartender. Oh. Like the bartender with uh, like Tourette's. So the... he was typecast. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's pretty much Doc to me. Wow. Wow, I had no idea. Okay, cool. So yeah, these are limestone caverns, but they're magical limestone caverns. That can, it's sort of like a, a trolls situation. You know, the the modern sort of trolls where they live, they're, they're sort of funny, silly creatures, but they live in a world that's fundamentally hostile to them. Like the the caverns are filled with all sorts of fucking monsters that you don't want to come across, and the doozers. Okay, yeah. yeah. Can we talk about the doozers? The doozers are a, they're a a tiny tiny race of creatures that build constructions that the fraggles eat, and the doozers are actually quite okay with that. In fact, they prefer it. Yep. Well, yeah. Okay. Also, do the doozers speak a different language than the fraggles? Because they're all speaking common to us, but they don't seem no, to understand. They each ignore other. each other. Because the doozers, the fraggle. Fucking in the later in later episodes, there's a there's a doozer Cotterpin who doesn't want to be a doozer anymore. And the the doozer story that they tell their children is that when you, if you don't want to work all day like doozers do, you become a fraggle basically. Like you you transform into a fraggle. Which, Fraggles are cursed doozers, which isn't true. Oh, okay. So Cotterpin <laughs> wants to go become a fraggle and finds that she can't. But also she doesn't want to be a doozer either. So she occupies a sort of liminal zone between the two. <laughs> and it's sort of it was a fun sort of like pushing against societal expectations episode uh-huh. so well something that i know too that i've heard jim henson say I, I i watched some interviews with the creators and they said that um you know when jim henson had the opportunity to do an international show which is what sort of fraggle rock was for him the first time he had done really an international cooperative production uh, he set out with the humble goal of ending war. Okay. <laughs> so he said he wanted to represent different perspectives with creatures that didn't necessarily understand each other so that the children watching could be like, oh, I see. They have different but equal perspectives and sort of learn a lesson about conflict resolution. Are the gorgs oh. different but equal? Because they seem like well, shitheads. Well, the gorgs are ancient like the king of the gorgs has ruled for like 700 years according I, to him but it's it's funny because they're they're ancient and they they seem to have like a very strict hierarchy where the dad there's a, there's three gorgs listener and uh, all? there's the father the yeah. mother and their son junior the king the queen and their son junior and they've never seen an like they've never seen another gorg in fact he says it's decades since he's ever he's seen anyone else yeah so they're and a they pitiable li- group okay and they they they, they 
claim to be king and queen of the universe. That being said, <laughs> okay. they, they live, live in, in a weird pocket they li- dimension. They live in a weird pocket That's dimension. What I wondered because they were outside. Well, are they outside? Because there's a matte painting in the background. <laughs> And I'm not sure if that's meant to and to indicate that they're outside or if they're just in another cave that is made to look like. Oh, I see. But there are there is sunlight, I suppose, because and, they grow radishes and, and other the trash fruits. heap. Yeah, and the trash heap. Yeah. Okay, so the trash heap is a different species. He's not a gorg, right? Yeah, the trash heap is there made. Is, she is she he, oh, is a right. uh, a golem basically made from their trash. Yeah. Right. And go- golems are not a a a regular thing in this universe there's no other golem that there, exists. the trash heap does speak of having parents occasionally <sighs> the trash heap is orange peels <laughs> the trash heap is wisdom okay yeah. all right so the trash sh- heap is musical numbers <laughs> <laughs> yeah she had a great voice and she has like a she has like a jewish grandmother voice yeah. like that's her and voice she has harmonica playing rats yeah yes so there are rats down there too. Did the yeah. rats speak in the episode? I yeah. think they did. Yeah, they do. They say the trash heap has spoken. Yeah. Jesus. And okay. they also talk. They there's a couple episodes where they they get their own little plot arcs. I mean, and I I understand that the the the, the point of childhood's end is not to rag on the shit that we saw as a kid because there's so much i mean looking at it from the perspective of an adult it's like wait none of this makes sense which is of course the point like it's supposed to be imaginative and fun and interesting it's meant to be like an ecosystem where they're all dependent on each other like the fraggles eat fraggles steal the radishes from the gorgs the gorgs grow the radishes because they and don't stop me here they disappear if they don't make cream out of radishes and cover themselves with radish cream They vanish. What would I stop you about? There's <laughs> literally nothing strange about so what's the happening. Fraggle, and the, the doozers actually take the radishes, the fraggle steel, because they make the, the constructions out of radishes somehow. Okay. And the fraggles eat the radishes. That wasn't... We should say, for review, we watched two episodes. Yes. And that wasn't neither of the episodes we watched. We watched episode one, season one, the pilot... And then we watched season five, episode seven, which was... Gone But Not Forgotten. Gone But Not Forgotten. And that forgotten. was the episode that I recommended. Yes. Um, because it was the one that introduced me as a child to death. You recommended it, but I have to say, as soon as I started watching, I was like, oh yeah, this one. Yeah, like, <laughs> right? the, that, that episode yeah. is and huge. Was, I was really excited you, you suggested we do Fraggle Rock because I had literally just started rewatching it with my son uh, one week ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, nice. One week (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah it was like that there was a moment um listener let me tell you a quick story about jared and i we were hanging out at one point and then jared or either jared or i said hey do you remember david the gnome (laughs) and then the other one said yes of course and then we brought up on youtube the opening song and if you had told me the opening song of david the gnome i would not have remembered it i would have told you like yeah i knew it had an opening song or whatever but as soon as it came on is it instrumental no it has it has words and jared and i just looked at each other like Pavlov's dog like, we ringing a bell, and we words. just like made uncomfortable like we were just like looking at each other terrified as we sang the entire song to each other yeah. and that was the same thing with Fraggle Rock all the songs that, that in the episodes that we came across I was like some of them brought tears to my eyes yeah. I, I remembered them so vividly just yes me too like oh, okay. I was singing them on the car on the way here and it's like oh god I just I know these songs from long ago and, and, and just re-watching them like a couple times it's like, oh I know all the words to this now and to be honest they're surprisingly catchy songs they are oh, so for me as a, a neophyte who had never seen an episode the fact that it was like a mini musical surprised the hell out of me they wrote because there's three or four songs in the first episode we watched right. in the second episode I think there's three is there there's like three original songs in every episode and it's like the same guy who writes them that's insane and they're good that yeah output yeah they were great and they're different genres yeah I mean. yeah it was real cool and i was yeah and then i think even in the first episode they had a song and they had like a reprisal version of that song near the end it very much was like a mini musical that was happening yeah. um yeah i thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was really cool I, I had no idea it was a musical show so but honestly like everything you need to know about fraggle rock like most 80s kids shows can be explained by the opening like you get I, I feel like the opening where they talk about it, the Fraggles sing Dance Your Cares Away, Worries for Another Day, and then it cuts to the Doozers, and they sing Work Your Cares Away, Dancing's for Another Day, and then there's the interlude with the Gorgs, where the Gorg catches him and throws and like throws him, and he falls into the water, and then it cuts to pretty much singing and dancing. Yeah. Like it, it introduces you very effectively to all the tropes that the show is going to play on. Yeah, you're in a cave world, Fraggles are playful, there are other species. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's it. Speaking of freckles, they got great ups. Do like, they? 
they routinely jump like three or four times their own height into the air and fall and they must be boneless too because they just fall flat on their faces like yeah. like if you watch the end of the show where they're jumping they'll just leap into the fucking air and then just fall straight down head first oh my god <laughs> yeah uh, do we want to talk specifically about the episodes? Uh, yeah, we can cut to having watched the episodes. Yes. Sure. So, um, so in the first episode, I, I we have the, the kind of the setup is that uh, that that Gobo has an uncle named Matt, right? Traveling, traveling Matt. Matt. Okay, let's let's set up with <laughs> traveling Matt first. So his his uncle's gonna leave and go explore the outside world, the world of humans, outer space. Outer space is what he calls it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he says, he calls him Uncle Matt, and then Uncle Matt says, call me Traveling, Traveling Matt. Matt. <laughs> there's a beat, and there's chimes that play in the yeah, background, as is... if we hit a joke. Well, that is, no, well, no. And he looks around. It wasn't, <laughs> like, the chimes, it wasn't, a, a, it wasn't a joke, thing. but it's like, di- there's diegetic music in the Traggle Cave. <laughs> Very frequently, there'll really? be like a song or a gong or something, and they'll, they'll look around, they'll react to it. You're welcome, Uncle Matt. Think of me as Traveling Matt. But I, I wondered if that was just, like, a pop culture reference that was lost to time. Like, in the 80s, like, there was a guy named Traveling Pat or something. Like I think it's just classic Henson, like, playing with breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> okay. It, it confused me quite a bit. Yeah. I thought I felt dumber than a child at that <laughs> but moment. The, the episode begins with Fraggle, with, with uh, Traveling Matt describing the Fraggles in a very, like, jingoistic sort of fashion. Like, Fraggles are a noble creature. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but better of than, course, better than any other life form that we know of. <laughs> but everything on the screen is undercutting yes. what he says because yes. he's talking about them being yeah. intellectual and and you know and industrious. Their heads and, on yeah, shit and, yeah, and they're yeah. running into rocks yeah. and falling into puddles. And, yeah. Yeah. So I, I I kind of hoped as we as Matt uh, we saw Matt and we saw Matt traveling Matt. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> um, so he goes to the outside world, the outer space, and uh, and I kind of hoped that we would never see him again. Like, <laughs> he, to, you don't, but he he comes back for maybe five minutes in an episode because he does. You know, he did that like travel log where he ran into right. a, a thing and hey, saw some kids and fuck Matt. Matt is an asshole, right? So he goes. Oh yes. How do I describe this? I'll just say I'm fine. Like your job is to map the outside world and report back to but the also, fraggles. He saw something scary and was just like, I just won't say anything. Like fuck you, Matt. What is the point of you being is, in outer space? He is kind of an asshole because also he took completely disrespects Gobo's boundaries yeah. <laughs> before he goes out. He's like, because they they are going to go out into the workshop and Sprocket the dog is there and both of them are terrified because a dog to a fraggle is like a fucking tiger right Right. so he's like oh there's something scary out there and gobo's like i will not go out there that is a terrifying place and and matt's like thank you thanks (laughs) "Thanks for promising yeah Yeah, right yeah he risked his life immediately that was like a missed opportunity to like set boundaries between the two so they just didn't why there's nothing in fraggle rock that could force me to go into that room i will not go thank you for promising me i knew there was no way out but, but I always one something I always liked about Matt, like the Matt trope, is that so you have the Fraggles down there, and to them all of the fantastical stuff is pretty normal, right? And so you know the show takes a second to make the everyday world seem fantastical through sort of Fraggle eyes. And I always mm-hmm. thought that was a, a fun, yeah. And I think it's take. like it's maybe the third or fourth episode where the letter from him is him riding a roller coaster, and they also sort of they also sort of use this as a way to to highlight like puppetry like how good they are at puppetry because like on a normal show you'd like just see a roller coaster go by with a fucking puppet on it yeah. but you like they're like close-ups on trap on matt's face as he's like going over the loops and shit i think they were really flexing on the puppetry yeah just yeah. in general like in the first episode you saw the doozers that were clearly just remote control creatures yeah. like without puppets yes. walking around and driving and well the, the doozers are like knee high to a fraggle a fraggle is like ankle high to a gorg so they've got these like different heights all working together at the yeah. same time and different puppets and in like blue screen but like, actually i'm straining to remember is a fraggle roughly the same size as a, a child a human child they might be a little bit smaller they're like they two feet tall yeah. okay all right all right so how did matt get on that roller coaster why did they let him do that well, the thing is like some humans don't really see him seems which is like it. super weird <laughs> yeah because yeah, the kids who had the baseball bats yeah they did didn't not. even look like you'd think they'd be really fucking amazed to see this little guy and like a pith helmet yeah. running around, yeah. <laughs> taking notes on them. Again, again, this is me. You have to take a step back. So sit, but my my headcanon is that like that humans can't see fraggles unless the fraggles specifically introduce themselves to the human. Could like, be sure. as long as because Doc never sees them until they introduce themselves to him, but Sprocket does. Speaking of Sprocket, that is a fucking smart dog. Yeah, like that dog has full-on conversations and reads. <laughs> 
magazines. Now, this is the problem that I had, having never watched Fraggle Rock before, between season one, episode one, and season five, episode seven. Season one, episode one, he's a dog. Like, Sprocket's just doing it. He sleeps by the hole and whatever. Season 5, episode 7, the first thing that happens is he picks up the phone and is calling someone, <laughs> yeah. listening to the radio. I was oh, like, yeah. in the first... what happened in the four intervening seasons? Was there some experiment on no, Sprocket? No, in the first episode, Doc hands him a magazine for him. Like, oh, really? here's your favorite Did magazine. It's like that? Pet Weekly or something. So, oh, okay. so the Doc reads a uh, fucking magazine that. every goddamn week. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But also, I assume dark energy... <laughs> is leaking out of the Fraggle Rock through the yeah. hole in the well, wall. Well, he's sort of a he's sort of a uh, corrupting him, <laughs> like a primordial version of the dog from the storyteller who can actually speak and interact. The if dog you... from the oh Jim oh, Jim right. Henson's storyteller, Jim like, Henson, a, yeah. but the, like the animatronic dog that like full on is a person. Yeah, basically. I felt like there were a lot of moving parts to this show because in the first episode alone we have like. We have Doc, we have the Doozers, we have the... I mean, I understand we're setting everything up. We have Matt, we have the, the monsters, what are they called? I can't remember, the Gorgs. Gorgs. Uh, like, it's a lot for the first episode to, like... Like, they're trying to set a bunch of scenes, and it just felt like there were there were too many moving parts in that first episode, and it was, it was too I, packed. It seemed like they were trying to do a lot of heavy lifting, right? right. They're trying to introduce yes. all the characters, they want to introduce the world, the context, yeah. the framing device, yeah. and then they also want to, like, teach a lesson. So, yeah. something is scary and he goes to the trash heap and gets the advice to you know oh, if, if you're scared that you're alone don't be alone don't be alone yeah you know get some friends and so the friends go with him to retrieve messages from outer space yeah yeah it was but a it's a lot in there yeah. speaking of which doc's a piece of shit like he gets that postcard for gobo and just is like oh i wonder who gobo fraggle is i guess i'll just throw it away yeah that's not how the mail works doc uh-oh <laughs> What? <laughs> I mean, we still get mail from previous residents here, and I throw it away usually. Yeah, but is it like? Post- Am I just like is admitted it, is it to like, a crime on the I know, air? But like, is it like, like you know, like mailings, like like it's junk like mail? bills and junk checks ma- and? Like, and- <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, you're right. It's junk but if you got like, if I got like a bill for somebody or a check, like, <laughs> a junk mail piece for like a former resident <laughs> in my house, I would throw it away. But like a. Uh, uh, an addressed like sure postcard that seems to be written pretty something like, about a new kidney. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose that's true. Yeah. Also, Matt learned about mail real quick. He's been gone a day, and he's like, "I understand the U.S. Postal Service. Here's what we do." <laughs> yeah, there's no mail in Fraggle Rock. Why, why is he so comfortable he's with that? Ass. Yeah, he just sent it back to the lab. Fraggle Rock's sort of a weird place because there's it's sort of a flat hierarchy, right? There's the world's oldest Fraggle, who they also they don't really defer to, but they like sort of listen to him kind of sometimes. But Except he's no, definitely a dick. There's oh, no government. Insane, yeah. There's a uh, there in a later episode, somebody is put on trial by a jury of their peers. But it's their jury of the peers are just the first three fraggles that happen to show up to the meeting <laughs> that aren't the other two, and one okay. of them is asleep the whole time. Okay. So there's no like there's no government, but there's they're also incredibly very organized intramural sports leagues <laughs> there's like ice skating hockey so this, swimming this like, sounds they, like a child designed this universe which i think is kind of what the implication there is right well, like, and all their needs are taken care of right like yeah. the doozers just build like spaghetti structures all around them <laughs> they could just eat whatever they want <laughs> just eat so eat maybe uncooked spaghetti as much as you want maybe yeah. fraggle rock isn't hell maybe it's heaven maybe. <laughs> there's no no obligations food is delivered to you all day long uh, trash heap answers your queries. Socialist paradise. Wow. This is the future the liberals want. <laughs> Fraggle dance, Rock. Dance your cares away. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I did think that, that that some of it, they the green screen has aged a lot yeah. in yeah. 30 years. I think it's actually blue screen rather than green screen. This oh, is like, really? This is like pre, pre before green screen. Yeah. yeah. There's the, in the intro, it mm-hmm. looks like garbage. In the Gorg sequence, it looks like garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we don't even see the Gorg and uh, it's Gobo who leaves, right? Mm-hmm. We don't even see them interact. Like the, he's like, I better watch out for the Gorg. And then we see a shot of the Gorg, like, oh, Fraggle. <laughs> he's not even in the shot. <laughs> and he like tries to grab him. It's very funny, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That was that was a little weird. Um, but I mean, what are you gonna do? It's it's thirty years <laughs> later, of course. So. Um, that's something I always notice going back to those shows. Yeah. Things that looked perfect at the time. Yeah. You know. But I mean, if you're comparing this to, let's say this is, this is 83, right? Uh, okay. So if I'll you're comparing this to like something else, like a cartoon that came out in 83, like a, like an early He-Man or like yeah. a Scooby-Doo where it's just like a matte back yeah. and then the, like you can tell what's about to move because it looks different than right. the rest of the background. So I think this is for, for putting it in context, this is light years ahead sure. of what people were doing 
with animation. Sure. All Saker is saying is that Jim Henson is overrated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. It's the big um, deal. I hope he's rotting in hell. Um, so <laughs> I hope he's rotting in Frackle Rock, which is the Christian hell. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Correct. So, uh, hey, here's my question. Is Gonzo a Fraggle? No. He's an alien. Well, he looks like a Fraggle, right? He does, kind of. So... And Fraggles also have sex with chickens. Do they? But you I said it was know. heaven. So <laughs> I can Probably. only imagine. Uh, all right. That's the only question I had. I guess all my questions <laughs> are answered. answered. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, since we've gone over that, we can sort of go into the next episode. Uh, sure. Season five, episode eight. Seven. Is it seven? Gone but not Gone forgotten. Gone but not forgotten. Yes. I had to get a free trial of HBO on Amazon.com to watch these. So I remember mm. that. It was on YouTube. Oh, was it really? <laughs> Fuck. All right. Never mind. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, do you want to go do a quick yeah. run-through of this so episode for in us? In this episode, Wembley is uh, heading out for his first overnight backpack trip into the caves. And as almost always happens on Fraggle Rock, when anything happens, there's a cave-in. Always. Like, I feel like every other episode, there's a fucking cave-in or something. Yeah. Like I said before, they live in a terrifying, dangerous thing. They're like gaga bugs, these little bugs that'll bite you, and they just you're just in agony till you die. Oh, Period. Jesus. There's an invisible dragon that okay. uh, goes around and eats people. Cool. There's a tunnel. Cave of Forgetfulness where, oh yeah, there's a Cave of Forgetfulness where there are like clinging creepers in there and they make you, you go in there and then you start forgetting stuff and then you keep forgetting more and more and more until you forget how to stand up and then the plants just eat you. But like how perfect is that for like a childhood metaphor? Like they're not worried about food or bills or shelter or anything, but they're worried about the one cave where you like, uh, (laughs) you forget your name and are eaten by something invisible. Like that's such like a good like little kid world kind of recreation. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, like Harry Potter's the same way too, right? They're in this little castle, but don't go into the woods. Because there's yeah. giant fucking spiders in there, centaurs and shit. Yeah. Like, so that's that's sort of a trope that comes up a lot in kids' media. Yeah. And trolls is the same way, too. Well, it makes exploration and curiosity, like, titillating because it has stakes. Right. Um, you know, you're not worried about sort of the mundane, um, I don't know, it's, it's the difference between adulthood worries and childhood worries, right? Like, your imagination is your best friend and your worst enemy, <laughs> yeah. you know? Exactly. So, so Wembley goes out on his first hike. There's a cave-in. Uh, he is rescued by Mudwell, a mud bunny. In fact, the only mud bunny he's ever seen. Were mud bunnies an established canon thing in the no, Fraggle no. Rock? They're universe. the rarest creature. They're the, the rarest universe. creature in, in, right. in the universe. Okay. So, uh, Mudwell and Wembley hit it off. They sing a song together, which is a beautiful song. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, a song that uh, speaks to uh, basically the just life. And and death too because they they liken death to water. It's basically. so existential yeah, though that yeah. song. At one point it's um um once I wasn't here and then I suddenly appeared <laughs> and then I found myself at home in earth and air. Yeah, just like water flowing, I know where I'm going. Look beneath your boots and I'll be there. <laughs> Like, yeah. yeah. So it's very yeah. It's so it goes through the water cycle and yeah. then it's it well it's it's sort of it's sort of likens water the, the changes in water to the human soul or yeah. just a soul in general because yeah. you know your material now just like water is water and then you become ice and then sometimes it's a teardrop a teardrop yeah. yeah so it it t- it ties into the themes of the episode so eff- effortlessly sure yeah you guys <laughs> sure you guys I did not. <laughs> think about these as much as you guys did i should have feel the water flowing feel it coming feel it going in the river in the rain or in the sky one day it's an ocean one day ice in motion one day it's a teardrop in your eye once I wasn't here, and then I suddenly appeared, and now I seem to be at home in earth and air. Just like water flowing, I know where I'm going. Look beneath your boots and I'll be there. It's just a dream. Always, you've got to leave. To stay, we'll meet again. Someday, just a dream away.
So Wembley and the Mud Bunny, Mudwell the Mud Bunny, hit it off. And actually, Mudwell shows up in other. He's like in Muppet Treasure Island because uh, they use, they kept the puppet, so they keep using him in different oh, things. No. So he's in Muppet Treasure Island. That he shows up in like a Muppet show. His... He shows up in like uh, Muppet Christmas Carol oh, as like a background no. puppet. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> because of course he dies during the course yes, of this episode. Yeah. So, so Mudwell realizes. Well, mud bunnies have a very interesting life cycle where they just like when the mud is ready, they die. And uh, so Mudwell knows that it's time for him to die so he picks a fight with Wembley to make Wembley go away and is very rude to Wembley so Wembley goes back Wembles a little bit and uh that's actually what the Fraggles call it Wembling Wembling what they have a, a verb. shitty fucking they have a verb. imagine if every time somebody got upset I was like what a big Evan am I right <laughs> like <laughs> well, fucking it's, shitty it's named after something Wem- Wembley does frequently so his name is Crybaby well he his name was his name and then he did it so much that okay, they, okay, they so created it is, okay. a, yeah, they so created created a verb yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 they shitty. didn't name him after fraggles that fraggles are shitty yeah, yeah fraggles are kind of <laughs> shitty but uh, the fraggles rally around him and tell him he needs to go back so he does go back just in time to witness Mudwell's death and it's a very abrupt scene and he's like yeah I'm sorry I kicked you out but you know I just was trying to protect you goodbye yeah and he's and he like just lays down and is is dead it's fucked up it's real weird i mean i mean wembley listens to his chest yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that I, yeah as a child that was my first actual like brush with death like i had my, like my grandparents were still alive at that point when i had when i was watching this like i hadn't had anyone close to me die and so that was the first and i and in other media i'd never seen anything like i mean i fucking gi joe and still shit like right. that but like it wasn't it wasn't fronted mm-hmm. like that right so that really was I don't want to say traumatizing for me, but that like definitely set me back a pace. I, 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 and I'm wondering, having having had it, your first brush with death through this show, was it comfort? Because I mean, they do offer a lot of coping mechanisms. Wembley comes Correct. back, and then the Fraggles are trying to help him through it. But it's so, I mean, I guess death is can be random, certainly, mm-hmm. because it's so fucking random. This episode is so weird to me <laughs> because like he meets a dude. The dude dies. Wembley, a quote from Wembley is, I had lots of happy moments with Mudwell. You met him for five minutes. He picked a fight well, with you. There's there, a there. there's a there's an intimation that they've been staying together for a couple days or something like that. Like, because they hit it off really well and they have like a, an exchange where they talk. they like, what would you do if you saw a mud ma- a six-toed mind melter? <laughs> yeah, so right. weird. I'd fill his shoes with jam and put a hat on her. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's sort of an they have to sort of play they only have like a 20 minute sure. runtime so they can't like give you like a Philip Glass song is like well, which is why I wondered like, why they didn't just use an established character to die instead of introducing a new character who we have no emotional resonance with and then like killing the character off like who cares who cares who Mudwell is who cares well, what Rembley's relationship to is to him I very much cared apparently as a kid yeah, because this episode yeah. stuck with me yeah, yeah. It, and I think I think you can get away with a lot less of that like sort of seeding in children's media because children will will attach to things more more uh effortlessly than adults sure. do like i didn't you don't need to like meet mud Look, well, if you nurse me before. back to health and then sing me a silly song about water <laughs> i'm gonna care if you die that's <laughs> that's true i guess irl i, I mean you're right because i mean on that gi joe tip uh we have the transformers movie which was originally the gi joe movie in yeah. which they killed off like three fourths of the Transformers, Transformers and in kids one reacted yeah. so badly that they were like, "Oh, let's not do this ever again." So you're right. Maybe if they would have killed an established <laughs> yeah, character, I think it would have been it would have been traumatizing rather yeah. than like troubling. Yeah, for you're children. Right. Well, so and the other undercut for me is that they, we have this scene where Mudwell lays in the mud and just straight up dies. And then they cut back to, you've not mentioned at all the B-plot to this episode, which is that Sprocket has a bird who is his friend, and then the bird leaves, and Sprocket is sad. You know, it's, as if he died. Yes, That's a bit of whiplash. It's the most undercutting moment. Yeah. And it could be because there's no commercials in the version yeah. I watched, because like maybe Mudwell dies, it goes to the commercial, and you have time to process. But for me, <laughs> Mudwell died, and the dog's like, man buddy is gone my little birdie friend it was very very weird yeah i mean there's definitely like the two the two threads are sort of semi-related but on like different <laughs> yeah, levels entirely, entirely. Ma- there's like an order of magnitude yes. yeah yeah your friend moves away versus your friend dies and i think that's even addressed at the end because but- sprocket is very sad and then i'm sorry the bird calls Sprocket <laughs> on the phone to yeah. talk to him like pets do like pets do but, but again this, this is a show for kids, so having a friend move away is very similar mm-hmm. to a friend dying. But here's the thing, like, it, it, it hits you on a couple levels, because you're much more likely as a child to have, hopefully, a friend move away than a friend die. So it gives you sort of, it gives you sort of a way to cope with both of them. 
I think it's interesting too that after Mudwell dies like the fraggles have conversations about it yeah like about death and you know i i had a thimble bug in my room that may have died and i kept his nest yeah, and like and they, so you get to see sort of like them re reenacting sort of a child working through the idea of, of like death. it uh it like moki like goes through like a religious ceremony like sometimes religion brings comfort to people so yeah. they go through like this uh this and whole Wembley's not having it yeah he's <laughs> like no i don't feel any better <laughs> there's yeah. the is it boober Boober. Boober is like, sometimes it helps when I scream. And then they both scream, and Boober's scream is so heaving and upset. <laughs> it just keeps going after Wembley. <laughs> its voice is like, ah, ah, ah. It's like, this is kind of horrifying. He's got a lot of terror to work out. So good. <laughs> He's like the only Fraggle who realizes how perilous their situation is. <laughs> He's the smartest Fraggle, as everyone knows. Yep. And then they bring the world's oldest Fraggle to like talk oh, to him. Cracked me and up. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm so fucking old. So he just like makes light of Wembley. Care the about whole time. death? Yeah. Like, I just want to change the scenery. <laughs> and like, they also think that's the funniest thing in the world. Change the scenery. Well, they're fraggles. Like I, it's it's always sort of the situation where you're dealing with something that's like fundamentally like intellectually different than you. Like I know fraggles are a human construct. Like we made them, right? Right. But they are in the, in their own world a different species, right? So I don't want to apply like sort of anthropocentric ideals to them. I truly love that you said fraggles are a thing we created, right? <laughs> I actually answered Maybe. Wait, are they? <laughs> Did we create fraggles? Well, if you subscribe to like the multiple you multiple like dimension theory, there is a fraggle rock dimension sure. or whether it's where it's mm. real. Sure. But. Well, yeah, well, and then I think th- the biggest thing that, that differentiates Fraggles and us is the ending, whereas everything up to now has sort of a parallel in, in some sort of human thing. Mm-hmm. And so Wembley goes back to where Mudblood... Mudwell. Mudwell, Mudwell. died. Jeez. <laughs> and then from Mudwell's corpse sprouts an entirely different creature. <laughs> just, like, a lizard. just like human death. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if I were a kid, I'd be like, okay, sometimes people die, sometimes it's not fair, sometimes it's random, but at the very least, someone will sprout from their corpse and I'll have oh, a new friend. And they'll share some memories. <laughs> they'll share some memories. How I, how I read that was, you can't, you can't just, like, it's a kid show again. Like, just right. having him die and that's it. Like, that's that's rough. I feel, I feel like they needed to, like, pull back a little bit from that. Like, yeah. Like, on a technical level, but... What I think they're tr- they were trying to say, at least at least what I read into it, was that yeah he's dead and this thing arrived. But so so basically, what survives are his memories. Your and yeah. memory is sort of a, f- a funny thing because when you die, you cease to become you and you just become all the memories people have of you. And they so, mentioned that specifically yeah. in the in the talk about the thimble bug and and remembering mm-hmm. things about it and you know. So the the lizard that comes from Mudwell's corpse isn't mudwell but it it is sort of an embodiment of a memory of mudwell sure. yeah they and enjoy it, the song together yeah. at the same time it's very weird because I, I can see that being being uh what they were trying to aim for there is you become a collection you become what people say about you but then this wembley can make new memories with this lizard person which is kind of difficult to do with after someone's dead well so in the song what it's um you're just a dream away you've got to leave to stay yeah. Yeah. so it's sure. interesting how we can kind of interpret that like what you have to leave to become a cherished memory kind yeah. of kind of that idea well it's a, it's the sort of process that we go through with everyone the sort of like sanitization of memory where even if you've had bad experiences they sort of fade in the background and you remember the person less how they were were and more how you want them to have been yeah mm-hmm. and i think the lizard guy is just sort of then like uh, more with the physical metaphor of the water cycle yeah so, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so this sure. you know now I mean, he's nothing, on doing a new life away, away. Right? Yeah. yeah yeah there's a great song um called I Live With It Every Day uh, by the Bare Naked Ladies. And it kind of, I think, hits on a lot of these same concepts of like... Who's you know. this band? So the Bare Naked Ladies are a Canadian <laughs> rock group. <laughs> hmm. Sorry, Ev. All right, let's get back on the track. <laughs> I wish you would have hit your head harder with that microphone so that our listeners Oof. knew what was happening. It was just a slow descent. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back, listeners. Don't worry. Next week, we'll be your silly boys again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I... I was glad they kept up on the songs. I was afraid by season five, episode seven, I was like, they definitely have burnt themselves out by now. But no, I was surprised that the song still existed. I was also very surprised that the doc segment still existed. I thought that that would have been like phased out in season two or three. Like, oh, humans are boring to kids. Let's just keep the fraggles <laughs> and lose the part about the old man. <laughs> like, well, they needed they needed humans in it because that was one of the things that they originally 
they just originally did their puppet shows, mm. right? Their, I'm sorry, Muppet shows. They did their Muppets, and people didn't identify with the Muppets for some reason. So they started putting people in there, like with the Muppet show, they would have like actors on. And in Sesame Street, they'd also have human beings like interacting with the Muppets. Yeah. And that seems that like, I don't know what about that. What, like the, that's one of the reasons the Dark Crystal got like universally panned. It's, at the time it came out. Yeah. It's a classic magical realism urban fantasy thing, too. You got to put in some normal stuff to make the fraggles seem strange. Sure. Make like, yeah. real pop. Yeah, you got you got to kind of couch it within a world you recognize so that you can sure. enjoy the Doc caves being crazy weird. Person. Well, then, I, at yes. the very least, I'm surprised that Doc didn't get replaced with Doc's, like, hot uh, grandson. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, a <laughs> child who, like, yeah, could, the kids could identify the, with. The, I think the fraggles serve that purpose, the child. But, like, the, right. the Doc provides an adult presence, but not one that's the least bit threatening or confusing sure. or anything. Like, he's just a little, a weird little inventing guy. Sure. Like, he, so he's sort of a grandfatherly persona. Sure. Yeah, and the dog is the adult in the relationship. Really. Yeah. <laughs> like the dog is the one that knows what's going on. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I um, There was another... I mean, I, I thought it was a, an interesting episode. I liked it a lot. Um, I wondered why Sprocket couldn't just take the bird back to his home, since Sprocket is anthropomorphic and much smarter than everyone else in outer space, it seems like. Um, and didn't, I, I didn't want to. He was good friends with the bird. That's true. He was trying at first to communicate that he knew that the bird was lost. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. 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 But I guess was. he gives up on that at yeah. some point in the show. Yeah. Boy, that's confusing, too, now that I think about it. He really wanted... Well, you can really want something and then regret it once you have it. I think it was implied that they were lovers, too. I think that's definitely the case, yes. Um, also, there's this weird tension when Wembley comes back from, from getting kicked out by Mudwell before Mudwell dies... He comes back and he's so sad and he's like, uh, whatever, I just had a bad trip. I'm not going to tell anybody about it. And everybody's like, what happened? What happened, Wembley? What's wrong? And he's like, shut up. I'm just going to go to my room. And stick my face in a hole. <laughs> stick my face in a hole. Mm -hmm. And Gobo seems very concerned. And that's like a two, two and a half minute sequence mm -hmm. where they're trying to get it well, out of him. They're actually roommates. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I figured because yeah. they, yeah. Uh, and then Gobo says, I'll get him to say. And then we do a cut. And Wembley's talking about what happened. He said, I'll get him to say, even if I have to sit on him. Yeah. And then he's it cuts to him sitting on Wembley. <laughs> I watched these episodes while I was eating lunch. Yes. I may have put my eyes down to look at my sandwich. Yeah, so it was a sight gag <laughs> that he absolutely yeah. had to sit on Got him. it. Yeah. Fuck. I fucked so up. What I, what I didn't get about that episode was that, that the Fraggles, I mean, they eat the Doozer construct, uh -huh. constructs, and there's like radishes, but... Wembley's favorite food is, food is peach and pepper potage, yeah, you know, which is just sort of a slurry, basically. It's very uh, kids can identify with Wembley, right? But they all like potatoes. Where the fuck do they get that shit? I don't know, but Mudwell makes it too. Yeah, yeah, it's a very common food. I don't in... see peach trees in the Gorg's garden. Like, I'm not sure where they get the food from. Yeah, that's really maybe strange. they're calling a different thing peaches. That's fair. Maybe underground. Ground, it's ground just some peaches. sort of fleshy node that it's grows on cave walls. Gorg's leavings. Yes, <laughs> they call peaches. Yes. yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, in a, it was an interesting episode. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I, it was I mean, cool. I like the way that... I mean, Fraggle Rock, It it's a kid show, right? So it deals with the normal shit that kid shows deal with, like, friendship and forgiveness and, like, being brave and stuff. But then it also, like, toes into real more serious issues like, I don't know, social conflict and, like, class warfare and spirituality. Like, it, and environmental destruction. Like, it really touches on a lot of that sort of stuff, too, which is really interesting yeah. yeah i mean i don't know if this will be a separate segment but i will say that uh, I, I was watching i was stealing myself to be like okay this isn't gonna hold up and then i watched it and i was like oh no this is still the best show of all time <laughs> <laughs> i love this show completely still yeah I, we so is every episode i mean touching on all those themes environmental destruction and whatever um is every episode kind of a very special episode I mean, is there somewhere they just no. have adventures? There, because this one was definitely a very special episode of Fraggle Rock. Uh, right? Yeah, it was. Like, this is the one that resonated most with me. But having watched, I mean, I, with my son, we watched maybe watched ten episodes, and yeah. every not every episode, but almost every episode touches on like a, a serious social issue. Sure, not necessarily to the extent that this one did, but I mean, there's one where like. Moki gets elected like king of Fraggle, queen of Fraggle Rock for a day, right. and she like tries to like implement. Uh, progressive a progressive social program but it blows up into her face because they're fucking fraggles and they can't be like bothered to do sure, anything all children. Yeah. and occasionally you're called upon to sympathize with the gorgs like it, yeah. it, there is no like gargamel in this okay. like they're always trying to complicate their villains and there's one where they uh i think gobo while exploring finds another group of fraggles oh. and they're not fun 
like they're they're not fun <laughs> so the fraggles go to war against each other really basically. yeah and they eventually uh they eventually work it out but like it's like uh I social identity and in-group versus out-group stuff wow so it's very interesting i mean yeah so this would be a fun segment for this show is if it ever gets taken to full order by nbc <laughs> yes <laughs> is, of course um is i think the luke test right so like i mean we're going to be examining stuff from mm-hmm. our childhood so you said you watched 10 episodes with your son so how did it hold up with him did oh he, he I mean, he's a fucking two-year-old right okay. he's not like this this show i think sure. their target audience is like five to eight i'm thinking yeah. it's like when you want to hit this but he's he likes the puppets he really likes the songs yeah and i mean everything else just goes over his head sure at this point he wasn't. He didn't learn something about death. From no. This episode. <laughs> no. 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 Okay. Thankfully, thankfully, I want him to to stay innocent with regards to death. Okay. Yeah. Although his grandma did just die. His great grandma just died last year. Okay. He didn't seem to care though. Okay. <laughs> he didn't know her that well. Heartless. Did, did you introduce him to the lizard that came out of her? <laughs> I did take him back to the graveyard, but the lizard hadn't finished oh, digging okay. its way up. All right. Fair. <laughs> All right. Is there so... another segment? What do we do? Here? <laughs> Let's roll that beautiful. Dice. No. Do we roll? Do we spin the wheel? No. No. Uh, how naked it. is this? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I would. I would. Uh, we sort of touched on this earlier, but I wanted to ask. Sort of a. I think it'd be fun to ask. Sort of a. A question related to the episode to everyone. So, which Fraggle do you identify most with and least with, and why? Oh boy. Or when? What did you identify most with as a child? If you watched it as a child, what did you identify most with now? Sort of thing. Or uh, character. It doesn't have to be a Fraggle. This is a sad answer, but I think I have always uh, identified most with Boober because I have always been haunted by existential <laughs> questions. My parents have a poem I wrote in third grade that included the phrase shackles of existence. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, so like, I'm like, oh, I get Boober. Oh, man. I think I probably identify least with Red just because she was always very sporty and outgoing and... I mean, I'm outgoing, but I'm like, eh, calm down with your... I don't know. She always seemed like the fraggle that would love gym class the most. Yeah. It just doesn't... Yeah, that doesn't do it for me. All right, Saker. Me? Oh, man. Okay. So I guess I identify most with... I guess I'm going to go with Gobo? That's what I would have picked for you, too. Really? Yeah. I Because I, he's... I don't know, because I'm boring. I'm basic. <laughs> I'm a basic bitch. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, because I'm not, I'm not sporty. I mean, I'm kind of red-esque in the fact that she seems cheery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not boomery. Uh, Wembley, Boober. Sorry. Oh, sorry. It's worse than Boomer. Gobo's, <laughs> Gobo's a good choice. And who's the last one? Oh, Mookie. Mookie. Uh, Mookie. That's fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, definitely not, because she's spiritual. Uh, so yeah, I guess it's Gobo. Gobo's fine. And I identify least with the doozers. <laughs> Is that an answer? Yeah, that's an answer. Okay. Yeah. No, the trash heap. I, I don't know what it's like to be an, an old Jewish woman. A sentient pile of A sentient trash, pile trash, of orange peels, yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's sad. I, I at least identify with everyone <laughs> in this show. I'm, yeah, let's let's hear your answer. Yeah, there's something a, else I want to point out. As a child, I definitely, I think, identified with Wembley the most. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because he was, he was just sort of a child insert. Like, he definitely... I don't know if he embodied me because I wasn't like a neurotic child, but I could like he seemed to be the focus of a lot of the emotional effort of the Fraggles. And I, being a child, was probably the focus of the most emotional effort of the adults who were around me. But and and yeah, I think now and I think Gobo and Moki were my favorite, but I don't think I identified with them. And now, oh, God, probably the the gorg king of the universe <laughs> why because <laughs> i sit on a mountain of lies <laughs> and you have to rub uh, turnip cream all, <laughs> all over myself or yeah. i start to disappear mm-hmm. I, maybe i identify with doc too a little bit he seems clueless uh but well-meaning i like that uh i don't know what were you gonna say yeah point well out. the point is like i i feel like for evan and i maybe the show it's hard for this show to do a whole bunch of wrong mm-hmm. but so like the age gap between us like I, i'm what 38 how okay. old are you? 33 so five years okay so i feel like in that five years seeing it through your eyes of like this doesn't make any sense i'm like <laughs> how much of of my opinion of the show comes from me you know loving it 
over 20 years, even sure. though I haven't been rewatching it. Yeah, a I don't know. Media, that's one of the things I really wanted to do with this this podcast is like, because a lot of them, I, every time I revisit a lot of the media I loved as a kid, whether I love it again or don't love it, it's all insane. Yeah. It's all fucking bonkers. Yeah. Like, but like, I feel like this is woven into the framework yeah, of how all, I think now. Yeah, it all made perfect sense to me at the time. Hey, but is it bonkers? I feel like... Is Fraggle Rock bonkers? No, 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 no. Most kids' media from 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 when you were a child. I mean, what do you have? You have like... He-Man, Rainbow Bright. Like, He-Man is the most generic, stereotypical superhero Yeah, yeah but it's all bonkers. How so? Well, we'll deal with that okay. on our He-Man episode. Good I mean, Good but but it's interesting when you say like this, Saker. When you point out something that doesn't make sense, yeah. Part of my brain is like, yeah, it doesn't. And then the other part of my brain is like, how dare you? <laughs> well, and, and I think if I had watched it as a five-year-old, yeah. I would have easily. I mean, and all this stuff is easily excusable anyway. But I would have excused it even more. There's, um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of bonkersness in a lot of kids' TV. Sure, but you can get away with it. You can get away with it, and I don't know. I don't know how much of this is my bias. But, like, I feel like there's a lot more substance being reached for in Fraggle Rock than, you know, it's not just frenetic yeah. music and, and you know, oh, nonsensical sure. plots. Or maybe it is, but at least there was a guiding principle behind. I don't think, like, comparing this to, like, a Muppet Babies or, like, a Snorks or a Smurfs or a, even a Scooby-Doo, like, those all seemed way more formulaic than Fraggle Rock. Sure. Yeah. I think this stands Ducktales. Yeah, this stands sort of a head and shoulders above that for me. Yeah. Well, I mean it has a it has a message too, which I think a lot of shows didn't really aspire to back then. Well, a lot of them had messages, but they were like child-focused messages, right? Where or, it's like I mean, and Fraggle Rock has those too. Sure. It just takes a crazy step beyond. Yeah. They're very heavy-handed or, or ham-handed, where this one is very metaphorical in the way it's trying to deliver the yeah, message. I mean, I, I think Jim Henson, this was done in the early 80s but i feel like jim henson is very much a person of the 60s mm-hmm. you know yeah. um well i mean he did end all war he did <laughs> he succeeded in his job we haven't had a war since fraggle rock this was is... on oh no, no no sorry we've had a war that hasn't ended since fraggle, fraggle rock, rock was, was on, on. that's there what we, we meant go. to say <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the problem is not everyone has watched fraggle rock <laughs> this is true yeah uh yeah i don't i don't know i like i and i think it's fine because well, i think i understand what you're saying about it being strange but I think you could say any show was strange back then, but every show was kind of strange in the same way. Like mm-hmm. He-Man, what's crazy about it? Oh, he's got like, he's a prince and then he could transform. Like, it's just an, an origin story that's goofy. Like, mm-hmm. every, like the Hulk got shot with gamma radiation. How crazy is that? Like, yeah, yeah but it's not real. Like, it's just a well, thing that's we'll, we'll, gem turned into a... All right. Yeah, I understand we'll what find you're out, We'll find out more as we'll, we deal... We'll never do this. I, I mean, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> something, <laughs> something that I think we probably can't pick apart, Evan, but like in your, like your writing life... I watched Fraggle Rock and I was like, man, I owe this show a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. there's a lot of crypto naturalists yes. and traveling Matt, and you know the the looking at different species underground and stuff. And but I definitely see that, like the strangeness in my writing. Definitely, I, I think I owe an, at least a, no, a passing nod to Fraggle Rock. Yeah, yeah, truly. I was watching this with you in mind because you suggested it, and I was like. This I can see where Jared. Yeah, as I was watching, I was like, "Oh, I didn't realize how on brand this (laughs) suggestion was going to be." Have to send royalties to the uh, to Jim Henson's son. Yeah, but I mean, I've always just loved weird little monsters, and and yeah, but Fraggle Rock has the weird little monsters, but they talk about it like a nature show sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or at least Matt does. He talks about us like a nature show. And Bilbo does explore the caves. I don't think he likes exploring, but he does it because his uncle wants him to. Oh yeah. So it's weird. Yeah. weird sort of juxtaposition there yeah best show of all time all right we all figured right. it out <laughs> so, yeah, i guess we could go in and rate the show <laughs> what sound how do we do that <laughs> i guess do the fraggles have like a cheer that they do i could do it yeah, they go whoopee <laughs> okay i'll put in whoopees instead of whoo-hoo-hoo's. great all right yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. that works too yeah oh did you like the uh outro where they're just scatting for like 30 seconds oh yeah yeah yes i did i thought saker a perennial fan of scat <laughs> i am i gotta say every kind so i guess we can rate this uh, since we're still sort of sort of trying to find a, a rating system but uh childhood ruined or childhood regained consumed i'm trying to what rhymes it's got to be a rhyming thing so like paradise lost paradise regained <laughs> okay yeah so childhood lost childhood regained okay great childhood, childhood ruined, ruined childhood, childhood regained. regained got it uh, so uh, i would definitely rate this a childhood regained for me like i i saw this and i'm gonna be honest like 
so I'm, I'm outing myself. Uh, one night in the last couple of weeks, I got quite drunk. Uh-huh. And my son woke my son woke me up because I had just fallen asleep. He'd woken me up and he was just like, you know, he's coughing and stuff like that. So I got up and I'm still drunk. Like I'm still my 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 partner was in the house and sober at the time. So I'm not like just getting okay. drunk alone in my house with my son. But yeah, and we I put this on and this was before you had even re- requested it, Jared. Uh, Jared and I just found the Mud Bunny episode and I bawled my fucking eyes out through that whole <laughs> yeah. thing singing the song. Yeah, I'm drunk Evan at four a.m. Well, because it's like I, it, it it was such a linchpin for my childhood. And Jim Henson, everything he produced was such a linchpin. The Henson Company in general, and just to, to be able to watch that with my son, sure. and have him experience. And he just sat quietly because he was fucking three a.m. So right. he didn't care. Mm-hmm. But like, just oh man, that was great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is a as high as I can rate a show from my childhood. Yeah, I mean, me too. Childhood regained. I I started looking on Amazon. I'm definitely ordering the box set. <laughs> like I want to watch more Fraggle Rock after watching those two episodes. So, yeah, I loved it. This is hard because it can't be either regained or ruined for me because it wasn't part of my childhood. So, on that scale, I want you say, to go back in time and tell how this would have tell us how child, this would have childhood you. reimagined. Childhood reimagined. <laughs> I like that. Um, I I don't I know. It would have made you a more thoughtful person. I definitely, definitely definitely a more caring one. Not a whole lot that couldn't make me more caring. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think I think this show could have had an impact um, on. I don't. I didn't have it. And I turned out the way I am. Is that good or bad? Evan <laughs> No, I don't know. I think it's fine. I think this show is fine. I think it's probably better than shows of its era. So this show is wearing a tank top and a Speedo and big leather boots up to the knee. So not a whole lot on top, wow. but it's very bottom heavy. It's got a lot of thought associated with it. So you can't knock it over. It's like yeah. one of those bop the, the show for me is naked, but I'm not interested in its nudity. I'm interested in it for its mind. <laughs> it's 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 explorational. It isn't sexual. Yes. It's yeah. just trying to show you what all of its pieces and parts are. Yeah. What do Fraggle's genitalia I'm look attracted. like? I'm sorry. I know this they is don't. an NPR they don't have, show now. They don't have genitalia. Oh, that's explored in one episode? No, they just don't. Oh, you've like, looked they, up? They don't the... wear pants. Oh, you oh, can oh. see pretty clearly. Unless their genitalia are lo- located differently, different on their body. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, I don't really remember how Fraggles reproduce. It's just a cluster of googly eyes. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Like a spider yeah. face. I mean, there are, there are female and male Fraggles, right. but like they're not like gender dimorphic. Like They don't have like any sort of secondary sexual characteristics. Do we ever see a baby Fraggle? I don't recall. Yes. There, oh, are, there, there are little Fraggles at some point. Interesting. Yeah. And I know they're, they're, like, they age and they die, so they have to repopulate somehow. Right. Mm. It always comes back to fucking these podcasts. How do fraggles fuck? I don't know what creature dies that the fraggle then crawls out of. Sure. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Good call. We go. Good call. Probably I think humans. It's a, a human? Oh shit. <laughs> Maybe they. Uh, yeah. So after they after we get buried, the fraggles dig their way down. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this with me. This was such a fun. This was such a fun exercise. Thank you for recommending it. Yeah, like like I love Fraggle Rock, but it's so nice to sit with with you guys and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I do these podcasts mostly for myself, like, you know, and this has been a fun a fun thing, unlike usual. Plus like wow. <laughs> shitty, shitty. Just fucking with you. I love Fraggle Rock. I love like literary analysis, so we're really scratching just all of my itches with this today. Yeah. This is great. Well, this was fun. Thanks, yeah, thank everybody, you, thank for, you listening. for listening. And thank you for waiting through our some. Uh, I wouldn't call this serious, but it's definitely a, a little more serious in tone than our normal shenanigans. Yes. And we'll be back not in one week with a new It's All Been Done. Uh, we are actually going to switch to a different schedule for the next couple months, uh, probably throughout a little bit of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to switch to two episodes a month. I'm thinking uh, mid-month and end of month. So this will be our mid-month March yeah. episode. And then we'll switch to an end of month March episode. And we're going to do that through April, May. Yeah, somewhere in there. It just depends. Oh, June, June-ish. Yeah, it just depends. I, I, have a, I have a lot more social responsibilities than I did. And I am having a child. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we don't want to deny you our beautiful, dulcet, uh, screaming podcast. I mean, I'll be honest. This podcast is more important to me than my child. <laughs> like, I would rather do this. So, is there any way that I can trade 
up. Oh, actually, yes. Okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> and you mean this podcast, Childhood's End, not Bare Naked Ladies. Well, it's called Childhood's End for a reason. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. <It> well. Was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait. How do we sign off now? Childhood we'll... <laughs> ended. <laughs>